Hello and welcome to episode 195 of the Mark and Me podcast. As always, I'm your host Mark. Now joining me on today's episode is the writer, director and incredible actor Neil Maskell. You'll know him for his incredible performance in the Ben Wheatley masterpiece Kill List. Not only that, he's on the major, incredibly successful TV series Peaky Blinders, but today we're all focused on his latest film, Bull, which for me right now is one of the best British films that I've seen over the last five years. It's one of the best revenge films that you will see. And his performance in this from start to finish is mind-blowing. And we'll get to talk about this in great detail on today's interview. But before we get to that, let's touch base and talk about my last episode. On episode 194, which has only been out a couple of days, I was joined by Christopher Fawn, the guitarist from one of my favourite bands, Blind Melon. This podcast was a dream come true for me. It's been someone that I've wanted to interview for many years. And honestly, personally for me, it's my favourite interview that I've done on Mark and Me. And I want to say a massive thank you to all the people that have downloaded this, all the tweets, all the Facebook comments and all the Instagram shares that I've seen. It really means the world. But today, it's all about Neil Maskell and his incredible performance in the amazing film Bull, which is out right now to download on all the digital platforms. But I think the best thing to do is to get straight to the interview. So here's me and Neil talking all things film. Hi Neil, thanks for taking the time to join me today on the Mark and Me podcast. Oh yeah. What I want to do today, Neil, um, can you tell me about the first moment that you knew you wanted to be an actor? Was it at a very young age, maybe a child or growing up that you knew at that moment, maybe watching a film or a TV show that you thought, this is what I want to do? Uh, I had to do a poem at school, like they, they did like a show kind of thing where people did different like some kids danced or it was only a primary school. I think I was seven and um, I did Gus the theatre cat. <laughs> I had to be the cat. And um, I just, yeah, that was, and that was it really. Everyone was listening, you know, and you go, oh, hold on. I like the, I like the attention here. And did you have your family's backing or were they all telling you to get a real job and to kind of stop dreaming? Uh, no, I pretty, they were great. You know, I used to have to go from very young. Uh, first, I went over to Bromley to do a little bit of that stuff. And um, and then and then to Islington, you know. And I, I grew up in Barnhurst in Bexley Heath. Um, so it was, you know, the other side of London. And for the first couple of years, that would have, that, my mum or my dad had to drive me over there, you know. So um, they definitely supported me in, in that sense. Um so yeah, I, I did have their their support, you know. Pretty, I mean, maybe I think as a, when I got to sort of eighteen, it was a bit like, look, I don't know if this is going to work. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, yeah, broadly, yeah. Uh, and can you remember that moment when it became a reality? Because obviously, a lot of people when they're growing up want to be either a, a film star or a, you know, a famous footballer or something like this. But can you remember that moment when it felt like this could be real? This isn't just a dream. This is something that is starting to feel like there's pace behind it. Uh, yeah, maybe. I think there was a few moments like that, and some a few false dawns actually. Um, probably when I did Neil by Mouth, I thought, oh, this is a movie. And my name comes up, you know, yep. and that, that, that'll be a start. And then it wasn't particularly. 
And then a few years later, I did Nick Love's film, Football Factory, and I thought, oh, this might be a start, not realising that, you know, certain genres of film don't really register inside the industry as much as they might register with punters. Um, and so probably, in all honesty, it, took, it was a, probably around Kill List where I thought, oh, I might be able to just make a living doing this. I won't have to do other stuff and won't always be trying to keep the wall from the door in as many different ways as I can. You know? And Kill List obviously must be one of your career highlights, working with Ben Wheatley, who is an absolute genius. Um, that whole role, that whole film, it goes with sort of dead man's shoes for me and like the best British kind of... It's got that cult following already, and it's such a classic. It must be incredible to look back and see how successful that is, and the the all the reviews for that film. Everyone loves it. Yeah, I, I'm just really unbelievably fortunate that Ben had me and Michael in mind for that film, and 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 despite I'm sure a lot of urging from the financiers and stuff um, to change the cast into people who were maybe more well known, or, or that they you know in their silly maths thought might bring it more success um that he stuck with us you know i owe him everything really ben one thing i find quite strange with some actors and not so much is that not many people watch their work back so when i'm speaking to directors and actors and stuff they just want to avoid watching it back because they feel that like you know it's hard to watch it back do you sit there and watch your own work after it's finished or do you try and avoid it and kind of close that project down and know it's complete yeah, I'll try and avoid it. it uh, it's <laughs> difficult. I mean, the, way, the only way I can sort of explain it to people who don't do it is, you know, when you're watching a home video of like a wedding or someone's yep. birthday and you go, oh, this is great. Oh, I remember when she did that. And then it comes round onto you and you're like, ah! You know? <laughs> exactly no! that. You know, I don't want to see that. And, um, you know, because of all your insecurities about mistakes you think you might have made in the performance, what you look like, you know, I always think I look a bit like a potato. And, um, <laughs> And uh, so it, you know, yeah, I, I don't like to watch it. And it really, it can upset directors sometimes. They want you to see it and enjoy it. And you can't really, you can't be objective. I mean, maybe some people can, but I certainly can't. Maybe I'm too bound up in my own ego. But, um, you know, I, I, yeah, I, I try not to. After a few years, I find I can look back. Yeah. Something will come on the telly and I'll, I'll either be like, oh, God, I messed that up. Or, you know, oh, that was passable. No. So what about in the same with kind of reviews? Do you read people's reviews of your work or do you try and ignore it? Because if you go on IMDb, there's people like trolls out there that just like to be nasty about everyone. But, yeah. you know, there's some really high praise about your performances and it must be nice to read them if you do choose to go down that route. Yeah, it is. I'll read the reviews when they come. I mean, you know, not every review, because as you say, not well, not just because it's trolls, just because there tends to be loads and loads, loads of them. But I'll read, you know. Um, the broadsheets and whatever, yeah. and what I have to say about the film or the show that's just come out. And, um, you know, sometimes to see if there's been projects that I've felt maybe, and I won't say what ones, what, you know, where I've gone like, oh, that was good, but they've messed this up. I'll wait and see if someone agrees with me. <laughs> Is it incredible when they do and you're like, I told you. My wife says she doesn't ever be <laughs> as happy as when I feel vindicated by someone else saying, you know, this would have worked better if, you know. You don't know this guy's like James227 from Manchester, but you're like, yes, he knew. He exactly. knew what yeah, I meant. He's got it. He's got it right. Yeah, exactly that, you know. And at the moment, you're obviously promoting Bull. I've been lucky enough to see this film, and as far as revenge films go and everything else, it, it's absolutely awesome. And how did it come about that you started working with Paul Andrew Williams? Um, 
Well, I met Paul years ago. I saw, I loved London to Brighton when it came out. Amazing. I'm friends with Johnny Harris, who's in that film. And I think I met Paul through John. I might, that might be a false memory. Um, and then he, uh, he asked me to come and do a pop video he was doing for James Lavelle, you know. Oh, okay. He founded Mo Wax and was in Uncle. Yeah. And uh, I just did it. It was one of those sort of, Videos when you, they could still make videos for more than seven quid, and uh, God, those were the good old days. I remember, and um, there was like a break in it and a bit of dialogue b b between me having an altercation as usual with you know uh, uh, the young guy who was the main character in it, and Paul's like, oh, we will work together one day, and then he always invited me when he had screenings. I went to see Cherry Tree Lane and a song from Marion, and I loved all that stuff, genuinely, and then. Uh, I bumped into him. I was with my voiceover agent, Laura, actually, and we were in the West End one day, and we bumped into Paul, and as always, kind of having a nice chat, and how's it going, and what are you up to, and all that. And he said, actually, I've got a film that I really want you to be in. And as he walked off, I said to Laura, oh, he always says that. You know, it's all old nonsense kind of thing. Not that he wouldn't have the film, but just that these things might not happen. You know, it's pretty yeah. hard to get funding for British films, and it? You know, it's not like people leap over themselves to give you the money when I'm in so, um, yeah, that was, uh, and then, you know, just not very, very soon after that, he sent me the scripts over. Was it one of those things that as soon as you read it, you thought, I can just see myself in this role, I want to be this character of Bull? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's a bit of, you know, when you're a young man particularly, you go, oh, I hope I get to go on a trail of vengeance one day. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing oh. cast as well. Everyone shines in this film. It's incredible. I hope loads of people get to see this film because everything from it, from the start to the end, I was like, brilliant. And I was really surprised under 90 minutes, you know, it's just got everything. Yeah. Yeah, I said, I was saying, to me, it feels like, like an old Walter Hill movie or something, like one of those sort of great B-movies, sort of Saturday night, you know, thriller. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I was very lucky who I got to work opposite. You know, on a day-to-day -day basis, you were sort of always opposite an absolutely banging actor, so it was great. And what do you want to do now following on this? Is there other movies you want to get involved in? Are you kind of in talks at the moment, or are you kind of taking some time out? I know obviously you've done some work in Peaky Blinders and stuff. Yeah, I did a bit on Peaky. That was another another friend, Anthony Byrne, who's the director on that. Um, yeah, well, I've just written and directed a film, so we finished that, uh, Clock and Ludder, so I'm waiting to see how that gets on with sort of festivals and stuff, and... I'd like to write and direct more. I'd like to direct a bit of telly. Um, and I've just done a, a series for ITV or a, a four-part sort of limited series about the, the murder of Alexander Litvinenko. Nice. Um, which unfortunately is even more sort of prescient now than it was when we were filming it. Yeah. Um, and that was great. You know, uh, uh, that was with Mark Bonner, who I played Morecambe and Wise with, and um, David Tennant and... Uh, Marina Leveva. So it was that was a really great project and that's coming up. And I'm starting another thing as an actor. I mean, I keep saying I want to be writing and directing and then touch wood very luckily keep getting offered great parts, um, which takes me away from that. But yeah, I'm, so I'll start a new thing soon, which I can't talk about, but it's another. We'll hear thing. it soon. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. And, and with directing and obviously writing, I know you said you sometimes don't get as much chance because, you know, you get all these acting jobs, which is a great position to be in. But how do you find being behind the camera? Because obviously you've got the experience of being in front of the camera, so you can take that and kind of provide that to your cast you're working with. But I see a lot of actors that go to directing, and it must be a, an incredible challenge. It is, but it's 
what you've got from an actor's point of view is you know what atmosphere works. You know, yeah. what, what sort of... It's more about the ethos, the general ethos, than it is about a shot-by-shot sort of basis, you know, which is sort of creating the right environment for actors where they feel like they can roll the dice a bit and try stuff while still sort of maintaining and holding on to a, a, a narrative and sort of guiding rather than being too rigid in what your ideas are. And also sort of knowing that the actors are best when they, they're not giving the performance that you had in mind. That's even better, leaning into Leaning into what they come up with um, rather than don't do it like that, do it like this, which is always a mistake. And it must be nice to give him that freedom and kind of not be too rigid in the, oh, I want it to be this way. And then kind of being pleasantly surprised when it goes to a different kind of take. Yeah. Like, what is this going to be when yeah. people do it? You know? Um, and that's always been, that's sort of where, when I've done work, which I'm most proud of, or which, well, to be honest, which I think has been most successful, has been where I've not had a prescriptive director um you know, setting very rigid parameters around stuff when it when it has been when they've lent into what my ideas and the other actors around me ideas were. You know? Yeah. A lot of people that listen to the Mark and Me podcast are trying to get into the industry. They might be wanting to be a director at film school or they might be just acting and wanting to get into being in roles. What advice do you give to anyone that's listening today that is like yourself that wants to become an actor or go down that route of directing? Because it is such a hard industry, isn't it, to break through and make a name for yourself in? Yeah. Um, I mean, the thing is, uh, it's difficult because I genuinely think everyone has a totally different path into it, you know, and, a, and, a, and very different careers. And as we've already sort of talked about, you know, with Kill List, that kind of came yeah. up. And I pretty much thought, I'd probably be doing lots of stuff just to remain artistic and creative and, and earn a living, you know? Um, and then all of a sudden it all changed. So it's difficult to give sort of specific advice as to how you might do it. But what I would say is do it. And when you're doing it in on whatever platform, you know, whether it's when you're at school, when you're at a college, when you're at a drama school, when you work, when you're doing something with your mates that you're going to just put on YouTube, when you're doing a short, don't do it with an aim of what comes after or where it might get you. Yeah. No, engage and celebrate the thing you are doing because you are doing it when you're doing it. You know, it's not always got to be with the aim of, of you know, eventually being opposite Steven Spielberg with him giving you notes and actually that might be a more disappointing experience than you imagine yeah uh, the thing that you are doing right now if you are doing what you want to do is it I love that advice be in the moment yeah and my final question for you today what I do on the Mark and Me podcast is I ask the guest on the spot to choose the outro music so once this interview's all done it's all edited and it goes up for the world to listen to you get to choose that final piece of music that plays and it can be any piece of music by any band but maybe something that means a lot to you or one of your favorite songs but I love that I've done nearly 200 episodes and every person has chosen a different piece of music so on the spot Neil what would yeah. you love to play after we've just wrapped this up and then the world's ready to hear that outro piece of music? What's your choice for today? Um, well, I, I like, there's a tune that's just come out, actually, that I'm really into. I know, sorry, I know one of the rappers on it is H, but 
It's called War, I believe. Hold on. I've got it in front of me. Is that cheating? No, that's fine. I just want to get the right... Uh, I want to be able to tell you who the right geezer is. And it's by R-D, A-R-R-D-E-E. And the tune's called War. Amazing. I think it's appropriate for ball. It sounds great. And the thing yeah. is, I haven't heard it, which I love, because some people pick all the like Beatles and stuff. But when it's someone I've yeah. never heard, I then discover a new artist. And I'm like, this is a win-win for me. Well, this feels appropriate to me for the, the, the film that we're talking about. So, And, you know, I like a lot of British rap. So, Incredible. Yeah. Neil, thanks for your time today. I wish you all the luck with Bull and the release. I can't wait for people to see their response. And I hope the rest of the press goes well. So thanks for joining me today. Thanks very much. Really nice to chat to you, mate. Brilliant. Thank you very much. So there it is. There's my interview with me and the amazing Neil Maskell. What a geezer, what a legend, and someone that I could talk to for hours. The interview was very short and snappy, but I feel we covered a lot of ground in the time that we were given. And I want to say a massive thank you for Neil for taking the time out and coming on the Mark and Me podcast. If by now you haven't gone and checked out the film Bull, please do. It's amazing, it's available to download on all the platforms that you know, and you will not regret it. And once you do, hit me up on one of my social media channels and let me know what you think because that's one of the best things that I can do from podcasting is recommend films and see people absolutely love them. All the links from my Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and email are on markandme.com. Go on there and please, if you've enjoyed today's episode, tell your friends, share it, retweet, put it on your Instagram stories, hit Facebook and just hit that share button because then a whole new audience finds out about the Mark and Me podcast. It's free advertising for me and is the best way to get the word out there. And for you guys at home, the podcast will always remain free. But what I do love to see is people sharing it. And honestly, it makes a huge difference. So please, please, if you're listening right now, hit that share button. If you've really enjoyed today's episode, I also have a Patreon page. This is set up to help fund the podcast and allow me to go out there and conduct more and more interviews across the country. This is the best thing because for you guys out there, if you support me, you get more and more interviews done, which means more and more episodes of Mark and Me. So it's a win-win. Also, thanks to my amazing friends at Richer Sounds, I have some incredible prizes to give away. And this is exclusive to the people that support me via Patreon. I'll be back in only a few days time with a brand new episode. It isn't slowing down and I say this on every episode, but it isn't. I've got so many interviews scheduled, so many to edit and more and more to get out there for you guys at home. I don't want to stop and take any time out, so expect an episode in just a few days' time. So until then, please look after yourself, take care, go and watch Bull, and I'll speak to you all very soon. Damn, and I don't want to call a truth And they don't want to hear the truth They think it was luck that got me in the booth 
Cause I'm up and I'm eating my fruits And they didn't see the seeds All the bleeding Non-believing Underachieving See I remember this time I was flat on my ass Mum lost the yard And I'm trying to grow Studio was my time apart Go bake off back at Moolies Yard Scheming how we'd get our moolers up Stupidness for a few quid more Thank God every day that music bust Think I ain't ready you stupid If they want a battle I'm ready for war I come from the struggle and love all the trouble I've been here before I'm done and I'm sick of the talk With the smiling faces Not anymore Yeah Kicking the door Been in the gutter I come from the mud I can give you a tour If they want a battle I'm ready for war I come from the struggle and love all the trouble I've been here before I'm done and I'm sick of the talk With the smiling faces Not anymore Yeah Kicking the door Been in the gutter I come from the mud I can give you a tour Yo Alright I got 16, 15 left I'm Cologne when I lift these reps Hard to moan when you live this blessed Bro, don't part the chrome, we just rip some press Swipe and go, I spend quids on crepes More apply my dough when I flip this check All I write about is tips and sex I'm surprised I ain't had no pitneys yet Now I like these man in my youth Spit a line and fire up man in the booth Bring the ride out, stand on the roof Man tried but you just can't battle the truth So my guy's still savage, you It's Not a music vid, they ain't planning a shoot If it happens, it happens, it's true But if they want a battle, I'm ready for war I come from the struggle and love all the trouble I've been here before I'm done and I'm sick of the talk with the smiling faces Not anymore Yeah Kicking the door Been in the gutter I come from the mud I can give you a tour If they want a battle I'm ready for war I come from the struggle and love all the trouble I've been here before I'm done and I'm sick of the talk with the smiling faces Not anymore Yeah Kicking the door Been in the gutter I come from the mud I can give you a tour Ready for war Ready for war